Hello there, I'm Mike Brandon and this is the Ansan Greeners podcast for the 2023 end of season review and joining us today we've got Carl Gobbler and David Spears. How are you guys today? Doing good, how about you? Doing great guys. Excellent. Right, so let's, um, before we go into our main issues, let's just start uh, with the basic statistics from this past season. Frankly, it has not been a good season for the Greeners. In fact, they've recorded less than 0.7 points per game. In fact, the average is a 0.69. That includes just six wins all season. So it's been somewhat diabolical with a minus 32 goal difference. Now, there are some caveats. There was an excellent cup run where Ansan saw off uh, K3 side Hwasong getting revenge for what happened in 2019, but were then, of course, knocked out by next season's K2 guests who won Blue Wings. So just a positive for both of you guys. And of course, all of us have uh, clubs in our own respective countries, which, which we've experienced. But have any of you ever had a season quite as awful with uh, another team you followed as Ansan have this season? Oh, yeah. Samarna fan had several seasons like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't say the same, luckily. <laughs> Just on here. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, Everton have flown close to the sun in recent times, but nothing quite as horrific as, uh, as this. But, well, especially for you, David, how does a fan base deal with, um, deal with this? Because the the you know you go to a game and the chances of seeing seeing a win or even a draw are so slim that how do you motivate yourself to even bother going yeah i think um it's always hope isn't it even if the, that hope is based on absolutely nothing you're always kind of hoping that one year two years five years down the line if you just stick in there the team's going to get better so yeah it's it's this sort of hope somewhere in the distance that's what motivates well, and from, for St. Mirren, that's kind of coming to fruition this season, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. It's been absolutely brilliant this season. Um, how about yourself, Kyle? As a Atlanta United fan, is that all just uh, good times? All rosy. <laughs> no, um, well, I mean, we're obviously younger, 2017 being the, uh, the first season there, but we've always been at least mid-table, made the playoffs this year. So people were still... Pretty not happy um, considering payroll points. But um, yeah, I mean, we haven't had, and I hope we don't, it's going to happen at some point, but a season down to the point that the Greeners have this year. Uh, exactly. So, sorry for the uh, the cacao notes there. That's our other podder who uh, might jump in soon to, uh, to join us. So, yep. Yeah, so, it is a it is a big issue, and we've talked about this. It's been a common topic across all the pods this season. But obviously, um, the average figures across uh, K League football are actually up this season in terms of attendance, which is which is certainly a good thing. Um, but teams like Ansan were still only recording, you know, at the most a few thousand a game. Now I know that's the same as say Suwon FC in the, in the K One. We went across to their final game of the season, and they still, you know, didn't even touch three thousand there for such a big game for them. Um, but going forward, how how can teams like Ansan 
reverse this this trend and motivate people to go to the game when the results are so poor it's difficult isn't it i mean Dejan Hanna this season um their crowds have just exploded well over 10,000 average but that's taken a lot of money a lot of time um a lot of effort off the field as well it's really difficult but when that crowd does start to come it kind of feeds on itself you know people want to come because other people are coming as well so it's exactly. really trying to reach that critical mass but it's very difficult to do I mean Dejan spent a lot of money they're backed by Hannah Bank and they spent a lot of money to get to that stage yeah and you know a team needs an identity and Ansan hasn't found it it seems to shift every few years um Mike mentioned in the lead and I don't want to get too far into it but um having quite a few foreign players in our previous season and as Ansan being such a multicultural city I thought it was cool that they embraced it and we talked about that a good bit last year and then that's not the case this year and then um well winning <laughs> he said put some money in the team get some better results crowds used to be slightly better in the past how have things been built in um, the MLS? Because Atlanta United have been seen as something of a, a surprise, given that the you know the MLS is not the priority sport in the or league in the in the US. But Atlanta United are basically selling out a massive stadium. What have they done for marketing and getting that vibe? A lot of it was like hunger. Guys like myself. I mean, I grew up in, in Georgia, just side of Atlanta. In the entire Southeast, we didn't really have a professional team growing up in the 80s and 90s, whole, whole pro leagues before MLS kept folding. And so there's never any longevity. And I mean, like the first ever 2017 walk into the stadium for the first Atlanta game, I was like in tears. Like it's something I had waited so long for. So there's so many of us that have played um, like throughout this region. Um, and now there's multiple clubs in the Southeast within the last you know decade um but just the anticipation for us specifically and uh the Atlanta Falcons owner owns this team so there's a lot of that we have the stadium they build it for both teams so we're not having to front a lot of the stuff um that a new team like the Greeners kind of did up front obviously they had the government you know city stadium um but they kind of just listened <laughs> I think um and that helped get fan involvement Right. I mean, certainly there are issues with uh, with Ansem essentially being a city-funded team. There are certainly issues and, you know, the team's success can also be on the ebbs and flows of local politics, um, which is something I'd like to see that the team try and, try and break away from. But I guess with, with, with Korean football, that's also a risk as well, because if you're city-backed, at least you'd expect to have a bare minimum for survival, at least as a club. But in terms of actually going forward, it can be uh, very difficult. Um, so with that in mind, then let's go through some of the issues which have plagued the Greeners this season. Um, obviously, let's start with that simple one then. At the end of last season, we talked about, you know, which players, you know, sh should, be, should be kept on. It wasn't a good season last season, but there were a few standout players and the play of the season was a lot more competitive, shall we say, than it has been this year. Um, and so we've just been joined by a podcast debut by uh, Mr. Alex Grevitt, who's uh, another perennial Wire Stadium sufferer. Um, 
we'll hear from him from him shortly. But let's just carry on with that 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 issue we're focusing on. Um. So for you, what what were the big losses this season? What were the big changes in the playing staff that you think have had the biggest impact on the team? I guess like um, we talked earlier about foreigners coming and going as well, like the, the team being less multicultural, but also like the playing staff as well. We've lost um, players like Girardi, um, you know, it's just no, there's been no consistency with the foreign players as well. And for most of the Korean players, to be honest, there's been a very high turnover of staff. Yeah, I mean, not holding on to a coach is kind of killer. Um, we've had some, over the last few years, some decent runs of form, and then we fire the coach or they just leave. So um, you can't build something if there's no consistency. There was a Duart and and as now I've heard were actually signed on long-term contracts, but they were dissolved due to the, as mentioned, political issues behind the way the the, the club is run and its association with the city. Um, so obviously that's a, that's a big disappointment. And I'm um, I'm going to presume that maybe why we had such a, a washover on losing so many so many players as well, who you would have hoped would have kicked on this season. Um, and I guess perhaps this is the, the real highlight of this problem has been Gabriel, who came in, looked bright, scored in the first game of the season. Um, and then ridiculously, not you know, we 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 bookended the season away at Songnam. Um, obviously, as I said, Gabriel made his debut there, but then Gabriel was playing against us in the final game at the Tanchon as a this time in Songnam Colours, which is, I think, is, is quite a ridiculous situation for a professional club to find itself in. Um, so is this, a, is this an issue any any other clubs across the K2? Um, I mean, it's an issue across football. Um, players always move where the money is, and the, the smaller smaller clubs at the bottom of the K2 just don't have any money. Um, I don't think it's been as big an issue for any other team, though I can't think of any other team. That's that's lost players in the same way Ansan has. Yeah, I think because Capri Songnam have their own um municipal based issues as well, right? It's, the protests were quite vociferous both at the beginning of the season and they were protesting for hours before the game and in, in the final game of the season. So yeah, it's quite a surprise that they were still able to take take a player like Gabriel from Ansan. <laughs> um so let's move on to, of course, another significant issue because actually, but Cal has just mentioned as well, sorry, not to segue too much, but uh, last season, Ansan had basically a whole slew of foreign players who are basically the most multicultural, if you like, team in the K across the EVA division. And then that's just completely wiped out. We had Thiago and Wandru this season. Wandru apparently did not perform particularly well even in training, so we didn't see much of him. And Thiago eventually just disappeared from the team. In fact, uh, Alex, you're you're in now. You may remember um, you were at the game. I think possibly one of Thiago's last games when you know a certain section of the crowd decided to to boo the team off. Yeah, I, I to me Thiago never, never really looked like 
dealing with the K2. I, I think it it's a league where you need to have a bit of pace. And I mean, I know he scored a hat trick one game, but even that I think was large. I think that was a couple of free kicks. And particularly the way Ansem play, you know, we, we try and play, I think, reasonably high tempo football. And to be honest, for me, Thiago never looked like, you know, he never looked like getting a lot of goals for us and he never looked like fitting into our style of play. But going back to what you were saying about, you know, foreign players leaving, I I suspect there might be issues with the culture in the club because, I mean, Duarte at the end of last season never looked happy. You know, you could see that, I, I think he linked up quite well with Thiago actually, but you could see that they were, they were almost, if they one of them scored a goal, they were almost celebrating on their own. You know, without the without the Korean contingent, um, uh, and I don't know if that also influenced. I mean, I didn't necessarily see the same things with Gabriel, but maybe that was influential too. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, there was an incident when Duarte was sent off last last season, and uh, it's reportedly that he just left the stadium <laughs> rather than. <laughs> so yeah, certainly that kind of a. Uh... That rotten culture was it, it, potentially rotten culture may may or may not exist in the club. Um, I mean, it would make sense given based on the results and performances. Um, and also, I remember Asan at, at Asan Stadium this season. They were really playing up that it was a Duarte game, which is uh, quite interesting. And of course, you know that first home game of the season was Duarte was booed and then missed a penalty, which was. Oh. Probably one of the season highlights because after that it was uh, miserable. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's just go on to obviously a major issue this season, and that has been around the uh, initial reports were of a sacking, but eventually that led to a uh, resignation by mutual consent, and that's uh, our manager leaving mid season. That's Lim Jong Hon. What happened there in that situation, and why was that so so controversial to Ansan's image? I'll have an attempt at explaining that, but I'll try not to get myself into trouble by uh, by by using a few quotes <laughs> from from other people. Uh, but yeah, as you said, I mean, it seemed to be at first that. Um, they really just didn't understand the situation, I feel like. Um, but let's let's run through what some of the quotes say. Um, working backwards, Ansan themselves were fined 50 million won for this. And to quote the Federation, explained the background to the disciplinary action, saying, this disciplinary action is a decision regarding the corrupt actions of all executives, employees of the Ansan club and the manager in relation to player selection. And the Rewards and Punishment Committee determined that the above matter accounted to serious misconduct that denies fair order in the soccer world. Uh, at the time the incident occurred, it is believed that the Ansan club's internal checks and surveillance functions were virtually paralyzed. Therefore, we hold the club strictly responsible beyond the individual's misconduct. So, I mean, leaving aside what Lim Jong Hon either did or did not do, um, the club itself has been heavily criticised for just not um, being on top of the situation, and that's what's led to the big fine of uh, 50 million won. 
um, the, with um, with the manager himself, with him Jong Ha himself, the, it's still ongoing. Um, so he's been accused of receiving money from an agent in exchange for selecting players, but at the moment it is still he's been accused of it, um, and it's still ongoing with that. Obviously, the main concern for us is, of course, that this meant that we lost a manager mid-season. Um, and also, a few um, a few Korean reporters outside of the mainstream press have written articles about issues inside that internal culture of the club. But as we said, unless we have quotable concrete evidence, it's not something we want to want to discuss particularly further at the moment. Uh, however. Just onto that, so we lost one manager, and then we had the interim period, and then we were, of course, we uh, we had another, again, another manager from from August. So, did we see a change in results or an upturn with the new manager, or was it just the same situation? I wonder, Do you want to take I mean, that? Just, oh, sorry, I'll do you, Carl. No, I was going to say, do you want to take that before we all laugh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously results didn't quite go as we wanted. Um, it do feel like we played a little bit better under the new manager. I, I felt like there was... Um, I like the two... What I particularly liked in the second half of the season, the two guys in midfield, um, Che Hansol and No. His name escapes me. But our, our two central midfielders uh, actually look like, you know, they're young guys. They, they pass the ball reasonably. They seem to have some positional sense. And I thought that was that looked quite promising. We At times we played some nice football and didn't quite get the results we wanted. Um, but uh, it's a, in terms of play style, I felt like there might have been a new manager bounce. But... Yeah, obviously that didn't translate to to points. I mean, I crunched the numbers, and uh, so I think to make life easier, we just call them limb one and limb two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but first half of the season, fifteen games, two wins, four draws. You know, ten points of a minus thirteen goal difference. Now, interestingly, the points per game is exactly the same between both managers, only. You know, a few less games for, we say, Lim 2. Um, but again, two wins. The difference is we conceded more goals in less games, yet we scored more as well. And I think that was really perhaps one of the big the big shifts between the two managers. It's definitely more of, more of an open and, I guess, more creative play style, which, you know, unfortunately, we were playing some games with four fullbacks in defence, which is a real problem. So I think, you know, for all our positivity going forward, we got hit much harder for doing that. Um, but interestingly, the, you know, the interim period was our most successful this season with uh, almost 0.8 points per game. So maybe having no manager is better for Ansan. <laughs> so, so in terms of spinning, you know, good narratives out, out of the season... There's perhaps only only one, one one way to look at it. So, obviously, throughout much of the season, Ansan were buoyed by the fact that Chanan was so bad that at least we could comfortably finish not bottom. But then, 
someone put something in the water in Chonan City and they just went they went berserk and then had kind of a great second half of the season relative to the first. But that led to an interesting situation, almost reminiscent of uh, Anton Hallelujah down in Mokpo, almost like over a decade ago, trying not to finish bottom. And you know, we had that again. And then the last game of the season was just surreal. Going into that, we'd lost four on the bounce. And then we found ourselves in a situation where if Chanan were defeated by Anyang of all, all teams, and we somehow got a win at Songnam, then we might not finish bottom. And incredibly, that's exactly what happened. So, of course, the scenes in Chonan were quite incredible. There were, the Ansan contingent was was fairly large, and the noise and the chaos um, was quite fantastic. And of course, uh, who else but Jute scored that goal to put us in, you know, put us ahead, and then, you know, picked up a camera from the side of the pitch, and then charge towards the away fans to take a selfie i mean this is champions league winning stuff not not finishing bottom of the k league two <laughs> however for me it, it totally changed the entire vibe of the season it was almost like you know being in that cold miserable day back in march when we uh succumbed to one to songnam eventually to uh, end the season celebrating <laughs> i mean what what's your take on this did we Avansan ended the season on a high note. I mean, contrast that with what happened to Busan, for example, who was so good all season and then have been absolutely gutted right at the end, whereas Ansan are, are bouncing. So what do you think about that interpretation of the season? Um, just like visually, I'm looking at like the last few games, like the results, and we scored 11 goals in the last five games, which like sounds great. I don't feel like adding up the number at the moment on how many we conceded, though. To win one in five games when you score 11 goals is kind of rare, I feel like. So I feel like it was like we finally did something. We got the result because we've been scoring goals. We scored at least two goals in our last, I think, like seven games or something. Yeah. Um, so to finally get three points from that and close out with that and just be done with the season, I kind of, it's the way I felt about it. But, um. Just as I know, I apologize. It was Chehan Sol who scored the goal with the uh, the crazy celebration. Jute scored an absolute banger to make it to uh, to double the lead later. But how about yourselves? I mean, David, would you take this as, as a positive end, or Alex? Is it was it did it make all those hours in the War Stadium worth it in the end? Certainly, it's a very optimistic interpretation. I'm impressed with it. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean. Certainly, sort of midway through the season, we were kind of talking about whether Chonan and Ansan were two of the worst teams ever to have played um, K-League, like K-1 and K-2. And it has got a little bit away from that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, optimistic, a little bit of an upturn, but it was kind of like from a very low level, I think. So, yeah, heading in the right direction. I'll stick with your optimistic interpretation. <laughs> Yeah, same. I was wasn't. I suppose it's a good sort of backs to the wall performance at Songnam, but I mean, yeah, I was you know Songnam are pretty much down there with us. I mean, not as far down as we are, but <laughs> they're not high up. And uh, it's nice to get a win. Nice not to finish bottom, but I'm not sure that's what we want to build on for next season. 
Yeah, perhaps I'm a, a little, a little. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to maybe look for anything for that huge investment for you know, traveling, traveling around the country to watch this 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 performance. I know I got memed earlier in the season for the not looking too happy at Chongju. You know, something I wasn't aware of until some of my students were laughing at the back of a room at one point, and then you know that keeps cropping up over ever since. Like. Um, but there was something about that bus back from Songnam when I said, you know, this at least made all that suffering, all that traveling, you know, at least we got something out of this, you know. It's one of those footballing moments that you just have to take when you get given them. Because, you know, unless I, I don't see Ansan winning the ACL anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, you, know, you never know. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, we have to consider next season what do we what do we expect from next season what can we expect and last season i think there's always a checklist of players who we think you know put a few more players around them and we might get a 2019 season again but this season do we have any of those is there anyone we want to keep going forwards i mean there well one isong ben's never leaving um <laughs> some um <laughs> But there are a few young, like, attacking players. And, and as Alex mentioned in the midfield, um, I think it was Ro Kyung-ho was the other player who was talking about um, a little creativity, which was not happening in the middle of the season. Um, Jung Jimin. Um, there's some young guys that I hope we can keep around, or if we sell off, we make some money. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't really know beyond that. I think Kim Bum-soo. Oh, sorry, Dave. Oh, no. Kim oh, sorry, I was good. Kim Bumsu's, you know, looks dangerous. Has scored some great goals this season, um, and made the was at least nominated for K two team of the season, right? Yes. Um, so I, I think he's he's certainly worth hanging on to. I was going to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> it was uh, yeah when I was looking through the the nominations for the K League two team of the season, he was uh, the only Ansan player. Um, yeah, I mean, we've always been caught in that trap of a young player who's doing well immediately. Um, we're thinking, is he going to move on? Um, I guess just because the perhaps the contracts are not so long or there's the lack of stability. But yeah, um, I agree. I agree with the guys there. Um, I agree that Yusung Bin should never leave and that there are young players that should, that hopefully, if we can keep them, um, can kick on. There are some positives to to uh, the Eason Min story. He has been offered to play a K one contract recently, so so I've heard. So I've heard, um, but it's not come out. But he's he's very settled, his family and that. And to be honest, I think I would say he he really deserves to play to play in a higher level because even like some of the saves in that last in that last game of the season, it's we're, we're ridiculous. Like. Um, it doesn't look like a, a bottom of the bottom of a second tier club, but and he, once again he made the most saves of any goalkeeper in the K two this season. Yet he also conceded almost the most of any goalkeeper. This just shows you how under siege he is. I mean, maybe you know there's a bit. If you remember, Jordan Pickford was was amazing for Sunderland. Yet conceded the most goals in the Premier League. And you know, with that story, you know. I'd like to maintain that Isung Bin should have the chance to become Korea's number one. 
Um, but yeah, you've mentioned us Bomsu. You know, we've seen he has he has a fan contingent. I know his family is always there, but as I've said on the pod before, there's been a a few times. He's he's definitely got popularity with say uh, some of the younger younger people who may find an attraction in him. Maybe um, there's something there, and you know, th- to me that makes him a marketable player if we can hold on to him. I mean. And I kind of like Kim Young-nam earlier in the season. Um, he's quite a battling midfielder, but I think his performance has tapered off a bit um, as we moved on. And Jute, he scored nine goals in pretty much the last 15 games of the season. He really came out of nowhere. I mean, he's not he only made 25 appearances and yet scored nine, which is better than almost, you know, we have to go back to Tarragona to find a, a better striker <laughs> in Ansan or maybe Masatoshi or something. So, yeah, I think, but other than that, you know, we like Jong Ji Young as well because he he threw his shirt to to my son at the end of the end of the season, yeah. which was a nice touch. That's always going to get us on side, and he's he's been fairly, you know, he's been quite good with at least chance creation. So, but yeah, it's not a massive list of players we'd like to keep, which is maybe an opportunity as well for the new manager to to put a unit together because. And we're not going to sign superstars, so maybe a, a contingent of, of of players is better than a unit is better than just looking for one or two big signings again. So okay, well, regardless, twenty twenty four looks like a wild west for 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 Ansan. We do, we really don't know what we're going to get, do we? But the K League Two is going to look a little bit different in twenty twenty four. What have we got to look forward to in K two next season? One thing to look forward to in K2 is uh, Suwon Samsung, or um, that's the only team that went down. Uh, the, the two playoffs ended up with the K1 team staying up. So same teams next year. There was talk of uh, Hwasong entering the league. That seems to have been at least postponed for a year. But um, yeah, Suwon Samsung, who are, well, at the moment, should be in the K2 next season. There has been rumours. Again, nothing official, but... There's been rumours for a while now about the two Suwon teams perhaps looking at joining up at some point. But presumably Suwon Samsung next season in K2, big away support. Um, there'll be trips at least in the start of the season to um, the the stadium, the World Cup stadium up in Suwon, that massive support in there. Again, there's talk there. They're, they're supposed to be moving to Yongin in the second half of the season. So... Um, Maybe just that one game there. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting. Uh, it's been a while since there's been that big a team in the K2. Or the first time ever, I guess, there's been that big a team in K2. So yeah, that'll be the big change. Um, yeah, those, I mean, it's not really our, our, our remit, but yeah, those rumours sound absurd to me. So, some saying that Sue and FC would basically just turn into the new blue wings and then the blue wings will get to keep their position in the K K one. I mean, what happens to the playing staff and stuff? We just get rid of them or something. And then that seems like that may be one of the worst things I would have heard in football if that were allowed to were allowed to happen. But it, you know yeah. also maybe wouldn't he be surprised either that I think Blue Wings should take their medicine. I think Sue and FC fans wouldn't want that to happen either. I mean Sitting in that crowd in the last game of the season, they don't like the Blue Wings, and they made that well known. Um, 
with some of them. There was a Gyeongnam chant um, going up. Not Gyeongnam, so I apologise. A Gangwon chant going yeah. around <laughs> the stadium from the Suwon end. So, um, yeah, I think... I think that would be an absurd move. But then, you know, just ask any Buchan or Anyang fan hmm. what can happen. Um, how about you, Kyle and Alex? What are you looking forward to in 2024? Yeah. Off to you, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to think of things to look forward to. No, um, it's still fresh. Um, well, honestly, like the Suan things is great. Seeing the Blue Wings. Um, you know, that was the first Korean team I ever heard about years before I even thought about moving to Korea and things like that. So um, if I'm able to make one game this year, I would love for it to be an Ansan Suan game. Um, I don't know what to say about the thought of a merger, but it's only a few months to figure that out. That seems like a tall order. Um, I don't know. Um, it's a question that's going to be a little easier to answer in a few months because I haven't heard much. Like you said, there's the whole previous coach thing and the fines from the FA and just a lot of blows right at the end of the season there um so yeah I hope we can hold on to somewhat of a core of a team if you can call it that and and build on that and get more than 25 points next year and uh go from there ambitious <laughs> yeah I think the same I'm looking forward to seeing some new players at Anson um maybe maybe sort of resurrecting the foreign contingent um you know if we could add a goal scorer and a center back you know we'd be we'd be on the way to at least being a respectable side again um it's, it's not just uh, add a center back like a good center back it's just have a center back at the moment yeah, <laughs> very true so yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to have Hua Song in actually because you know Ansan have had a few ding dongs with them in the in the FA Cup in recent years, and you know obviously they need to build their own fan base. The stadium's outside outside of any real big urban space, but they they don't feel like a lower league team when you travel there. If you go to K you know K three K four stadiums, it's usually just a you know a few raised seats on the side of a an astroturf pitch in a cage, isn't it? But Hwasong have got the, the entire setup there for, to be a real team. It's interesting, Youngin on are Youngin going to have a team in that stadium, or is that where they're going to put the Blue Wings? So uh, Youngin have got a few stadiums, and there's always talk about them having a team. Um, there's been rumours about K4 teams starting, and it's very quick to start a K4 team. Um, so yes, there has been a rumour about Youngin starting, but there quite often is. Uh, this one seems to be more just about the the stadium. The stadium needs developed. Um, the, the it's the pitch that's being changed, so that's the reason for them moving. Um, whether that's going to be something that is just a one off or is going to lead to more ties with Youngie, I don't know. Um, just to pick up on the Hwasong thing as well, I hate to break this to you, but um, Hwasong had twice the attendance that Ansan had this season. Um, <laughs> uh, admittedly that's because Hwasong spent a lot of time encouraging people in, giving away free tickets and stuff that's not counted the same way, these are not paid uh, people who are coming along but as far as I'm aware, Hwasong had uh, about two, two and a half thousand average this season. Okay uh, yeah, I think that might be reflected <laughs> in Yeah, it doesn't look it, okay, maybe it's a bit of a if you like the Arsenal season ticket count or whatever, <laughs> whoever used to, used to go on there um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that Yongin Stadium, 
is a, is a very visually stunning. We saw the, the Women's Champions League, the inaugural one, if you recall, a few years ago, and it is a, a very impressive structure, it must be said. And you get there by monorail, which is also quite exciting. Um, but Youngin, you know, Youngin had a team and when used to in the old National League, so it's kind of sad when those teams have vanished since they used to be ever present. Um, you know, they used to duke it out with Ansan and also, you know, Sue and FC, who've defied everyone to stay in that K1. Gimpo also became almost another crazy story this season. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice. To, in some ways, it would have been nice to see some more teams promoted from the K2 just to give us some variation next year. But basically, 2024 looks like it's going to go down as that year we got to play the Blue Wings in the league. <laughs> and we've already played them this season in the FA Cup. And, you know, we scored it. We scored a goal. But yeah, their support on a Wednesday night, the pollution was extremely bad. Like um, we got whatever Cheyak in, in, in Korea. It's like, you know, like nothing you'd experience in back in, in Western Europe or maybe, you know, the US in general. But there were a thousand Suwon Blue Wings fans singing all game. And it was really good experience to have them there. Um, so with that support, you'd, you'd think they would go back up. I mean, Jeju did it, um, unfortunately, because that was the COVID year. So couldn't make it down to Jeju, which is my dream. But sure. um, but Songnam didn't do it. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, I guess what you've all been waiting for um, is the uh, the player of the uh, season announcement. I think you're all, all excited about this. So we, we cast some votes. Um I'll see if I can actually clip these at some point later on, but a few nominations for best goal, Kim Bomsu against John Nam. Um, Bomsu again. Um, I'd nominate Jute Thunderbolt at the end of the season. Um, and then in terms of best matches, I think, uh, yeah, that the 4-3 against Seoul Eland. I'm good to do, didn't go to that one because a last minute thing came up, but yeah, to win 4-3 away anywhere is uh, a great experience. So that's gone down as a game of the season. Um, some other, other key moments, uh, Jute's equaliser against Anyang, that felt good in the stadium at the time because yeah, Anyang, looked, I would say, they looked dead uh, to go up this season. Jonathan Moy was on another level and then he committed, obviously. The, the club stood by uh, removing him from the playing staff given given what happened there and unfortunately but they suffered as a result um and then obviously uh the booing of the team has been noted I won't go into too much detail but also uh, a duck wandering around Chanan Stadium that's been no noted obviously uh Chanan got the very first points in in the K2 obviously it had to come against Ansan and just like uh whatever it was a pigeon sitting on a goal an Algerian goal against England Chonan has its duck. <laughs> um, but anyway, player of the season. Well, let's get into this. So two players was receiving a, a bit of love and attention were Yun Jute, but he was not nominated as player of the season. Che Han Sol was uh got got in there too. But of course, by a long shot, our player of the season for 2024 is E Sung Bin. Most saves in the K2 yet again. Um 
most appearances for Ansan this season. And his highlight reel, you know, would be, you know, if anyone wants to put one together, would be incredible, I think. So that draws us to the end of 2023 here in uh, let's say here in here in Ansan, although only one of us is actually located in Ansan and it's not me. Um so any close I'm technically I'm Poisson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shocking revelation which if, league, close... which if they join the league it'll be a, a difficult decision I think. But I am close <laughs> I do live closer to the WA than to to Hassan Stadium, I can still walk, I can still cycle to the Wah. Getting to Hassan was a bit more difficult. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we'll make that. I mean, it's a long. Sh- it's it's quite difficult for me to cycle there, but definitely possible. Um, and I know um, I've had one one friend cycle from the United Kingdom to Korea as well. Um, for a, a quite a crazy charity charity run there. So I think Spears, you know, you you've got a move plan, but you can cycle next season. And Kyle, we expect you to turn up with a bicycle next year. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Get one from Gojan Station. Those little, those ones where you sit and your knees are higher than your shoulders. <laughs> oh man, um, that might be quite intimidating to away fans to see a group of foreign supporters cycling those up the uh, the Wa Stadium ramp. Okay, well, um, I'm going to say, you know, Merry Christmas to everyone, to one and all. And any final thoughts from each of you to close out this year? Delighted, delighted. We made the right decision with the player of the season. Yep. (laughs) New striker for Christmas, please. Got nothing else. Glad it's over. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been that kind of year. Okay. Well, we'll be checking in in mid to late February to bring us bring you our season preview. So thanks for sticking with us this season, and let's see how the green rules do in 2024. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate you guys. <laughs>